The next speaker I'm bringing up, he was the youngest heavyweight champion of the world. He was known as the most feared man on the planet. On top of that, he later on featured in a documentary that millions watched. Some call it a movie. That documentary was called Hangover. With that being said, give it up to the one, the only, Mike Tyson. Well, I didn't expect to see you either. <laughs> grab seats, grab seats, grab seats. So, how you feeling, Mike? How you doing? I feel great. Yes? Yeah. First of all, appreciate you for coming out. Oh, my pleasure. And agreeing to do this. This is really overwhelming, that. Yeah. <laughs> I never anticipated this. Well, they've been looking forward to seeing you for quite some time now. I, I think I want to start off with something a, a bit of a more you know, a, a technical question for you, maybe more of a serious question to start off the uh, interview with. How was it being in the movie Hangover? Oh, I had a ball. Yeah? I had a real good time. I had a, you had a yeah. good time? As soon as he put me in that movie, I, I want to be in number two now, I want to be in the next one. I almost threatened the director. <laughs> <laughs> what was Zach's reaction when, did he actually, like, did you actually hit him? Did you actually? Hey, man, watch it with the puncher. Because Zach's really, like, kind of a tough guy in real life. He said, like, just watch it with the punches, okay? Zach's telling yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody see it hangover, yes or no? Yes? Okay. So, in the back, we're talking, Mike and I are talking. I, I, I was telling Mike, I said, Mike, how do, you, how do you view competition? Like, when you think about the word competition, what does that mean to you? I think of competition as people um, reaching their highest potential. They have, a they have the potential to reach, to reach their highest potential when competition comes. Competition is always good because it helps you not to give in under the slightest struggle in life. Because life, life is gonna give everybody a bad hand. No one's gonna leave here um, without being tried in life. Wow. And you have to be, you know, you're gonna have to take it. Like what they say, um, adversity make the strong stronger or the weak weaker. So, so to you, competition is inevitable. You can't avoid competition. Right this minute, I'm, 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 I'm competing with my wife. <laughs> right this minute, I'm competing with my wife. I'm going to get home early enough or not. <laughs> but everything to you in life, you see it as a competition. Everything has to be. Competition is great. It builds character. And it gives you backbone. You don't have to give in. As I was saying earlier, and the slightest struggle, some people, like nowadays, it's like the, um, everybody's um, believed that someone should give them something. Yeah, everybody, nobody wants to work now. Everybody, everybody especially kids that have wealthy parents like myself, they don't, most of them don't want to do what they should do. So how do you deal with that? Then we gotta take, then we gotta go to trust funds. <laughs> you gotta go to trust funds. If you don't do this, you don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you don't do this, you won't get this. Does it work? Oh, it, it worked for centuries. Okay. <laughs> People got to be accounted. That's what competition yeah. is all about. Someone has to be number one. Once they have a litter, like everybody in the family, everybody in their family know who's the strongest one in the family, who's the matriarch. 
Even if they're older, they can kick his ass, they know he's the boss or she's the boss. Right? Yeah. That doesn't have nothing to do with strength and big and big. They know who the boss is, they know who can run the house, they know who, they just know. They just know the boss, he distinguished himself or she distinguished himself out of all of us. That's why we know they're the boss, even though we're older than them. Why, why do you think so many people today don't like competition? They're almost like either sensitive to it or they say it's not a good thing. Like, why, why do you think that's happening? I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know. People believe um, entitlement. That's the word I was looking for. A lot of people entitlement. Some of my kids, too. They're entitled. They think their bank account should be full because yours is full. That's just what they think. You know, I did this all this for them, but they have to, they have to match me. You know what I mean? If you're making 200 bucks, you got 200 bucks a month. Whatever you have, I'll match that, but I'm not gonna give you something that you never worked for. You don't know exactly. You don't know the cause of the struggle for it. So without him knowing the struggle for it, he'll give it up very easily. Coming up, when you're coming up in the, uh, in the streets of New York, when you're coming up, what yeah. was it like? What was it like trying to make it out of the streets of New York and making your money? How well, much of it, was, it looked impossible. That wasn't gonna never happen. I never even dreamed about getting out of New York. I dreamed about living there. Robbing and stealing and dying on the same block I was born on. Wow. Had no idea this was gonna happen. What changed? What, uh, I went to a, um, a place called Sparf, it's like a um, correctional center. And, my, and we watched the movie The Greatest, like 78, 77, yep. like 11, 12, and they turned on the lights and Muhammad Ali came in. And for some strange reason, I said, I wanna be like him. As soon as I left there, I went to another place and um, it was a guy that was an ex-boxer, and he told me how to box, and that's why I'm here with you. So before that, were you a street fighter? Like, were you a brawler? All the time. All the time. For money, yes. What, what does that mean, all the time, for money? I must have had, like, three fights, four fights a day. For money? Money, I was robbing somebody. So walk us through it, like, your day was a lot. Walk us through it. Like, are you talking like Kimbo Slice, like, they're fighting in the streets, or just robbing? Yeah. Oh, so before there was a Kimbo, you were fighting in the streets? No, everyone did that. Everyone did what Kimbo did, that's what everyone did. But they did it numerous times. You did it in this neighborhood, you did it in that neighborhood, you did it in that neighborhood, every neighborhood you went through, you did it. So you already had a reputation building the street? Yes, yes, yes. And were you a knockout artist way Yes, before? yes, yes. <laughs> when, when, when you were coming up, did you ever, like, you're talking about 12, 13, 14 years old fighting? No, it, I'm talking about like from, Nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> by, by the way, just Listen, curious. I was gonna say, um, this stuff it came natural. Nine, ten, eleven? Yes, yes. That's what I was made to do. I was crying the way because the guy knocked out. I knock him out. I'm not lying. I'm like baby Huey. <laughs> So you didn't know your own strength? No, not at all. When did you realize like you are stronger than the average human being? Yeah, all of the tough guys and the criminal guys wanted to hang out with me then. They put me in their gang. Now I can be in their gang. <laughs> and they always say, get him, snatch that board, snatch his watch, snatch his purse, snatch this, snatch that. And that's what our crew was about. Did you ever fight somebody that you were like, that they got you? Was there ever a kid that got you or no? Absolutely. In order to be good, you have to lose it and understand loss. Because lost his life. Was there anyone you fought in the streets that beat you that later on became a professional boxer? No, or no? way. They okay. became, some of them became drug dealers. Some of them became 
Um, I <laughs> my neighborhood, these guys don't they don't get the um, opportunity to get these blue collar jobs and stuff. When you were coming up at nine, ten, eleven, did you have a nickname? Like, did they? Did... Dirty Ike. Dirty Ike. Yeah. Why Dirty Ike? Because even though I had nice clothes, they were always dirty. Is that why? Yeah, because um, I, I had no idea about hygiene. I'm nine years old. And I have, let's say if I'm nine years old and I got 5,500 bucks on me, I don't know nothing about how, I know about the clothes and stuff because I see my friend and they taught me that. But I, I go, and then I go in my pigeon coop and I got shit on the clothes and everything. I, I had no idea about hygiene. I just knew the representation of clothes were good. I didn't know I had to clean them. So let me go back. You just kind of said it very subtle. Any one of you guys ever at nine years old had 5,500 bucks in your pocket? Like, yeah, I'm nine years old. Oh, um, you said you had 5,500 bucks. We robbed people's houses, and in people's houses, you get everything. We had guns. No, listen. No. You have to hear this. You can, since everybody's here, you want to talk. You can't believe We're robbing these houses. We got guns. We only 10, 11 years old. We got automatic guns. We got 45. We, man, it's just crazy. You, you're going in these people. I never knew that. I thought, you, I thought everybody's house looked like mine. Shitty with roaches and all that. Going in, wow. Wow. Nine years old. Nine, 10, 11. Yeah, nine, 10, 11. So, so now go, go. 11, 12, 13. What happens next? So James. Get arrested. And I see Muhammad Ali. He comes and visits the institution that I'm in. And I, and I saw him and I got turned out. I don't wow. know how it happened. The spirit hit me. Boom, I want to be like him. You said you're in jail and Ali shows up? I'm 12 years old and Ali comes in and, he, and they showed the movie The Greatest first, so this is 77. And um, after the movie's over, the lights come up and Ali comes in. And I see him, I said, well, I want to be just like him. And then I get transferred from the place that I saw Muhammad Ali to this other facility, you know, for real bad kids. And um, I met a gentleman there that was a boxer and he used to teach me how to box. And one day I broke his nose, right? And um, he got mad. I didn't know he was mad, but he's mad that his wife didn't want him to box me no more. And that's why he was mad. So he took me to a great trainer named Customato, and that's why I'm here. When you saw Ali, did you speak with him? Or was it like no, a, no, I just saw him. Boom! Wow, what a I story! I want to be like him. Unfreaking believable yeah. story. So your inspiration happened at 12 years old. Yeah. Then you meet Cus. Yes. How was Cus treating you? What happened for you to be yes, loyal? What um, was his way of leading you? Yes, the uh, degree of just peeling all that dirt and stuff, that insecurity and um, developing into character. And um, that's why I had a wonderful time with him because everything about, everything about his life was about me. And so I never had a father, but um, I know what it's like to want to make a father happy. And so I wanted to be champion to make him happy. But you said peeling. So that process, a lot of us have oh, to go. Listen, How no, did he do it? Because when I first came there, I wanted to rob the place. <laughs> I went, no, when I first, that's, that's my life. That's what I'm about. So when I first came in, this is a mansion, this old Victorian mansion. I said, wow. You know, I said, what can be in their drawers? You know, and I, that's, like, that's, just, that's just how my mind thinks. Even now, I have millions of but my mind still thinks that way. But, um, and I didn't know because he, he, at that time, I didn't have any self-esteem, any character. And he would always say, look in the mirror, look how handsome you are. So I thought he was a homosexual. I thought he was hitting on me or something. But I don't know, he was just building my character, allowing me to love myself. And um, we just had a great relationship for seven years. Um, 
I won a bunch of championships, of course, national championships. Oh, yeah. He got me very um, worldwide known, and um, I carried his legacy. Was he, was he somebody that would, uh, was he direct with you? Would he be oh, around the bullshit? nothing, was straight he... to you, no bullshit. So give me an example, like how would he talk to you? Um, you don't want to be champion, you're a tomato can. You don't want to work. You sound like that here, but I cry if you say that to me. Because tomato can to me, it's not like it's funny to you, but tomato can I mean, anybody, well, he could blow you over. You ain't shit. So he was not one that would be like, you're amazing, Mike. You're such no. a sweetheart. You're going to be, no, he me, was. No. <laughs> um, after I'm getting, like, um, I'm on the front cover of Sports Illustrated, right? After I'm talking to us, I'm getting friendly with the reporters and everything. And the girl that my makeup, and like, I'm somebody. And then he said, take the broom and mop and clean the gym. He told you that? Yeah. All the lights on me. Like, ain't here. Everybody see me. I'm all cocky and stuff. I'm on the front cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, don't forget the broom and mop, Mike. Everything's humility. Wow. I mean, I've experienced that person with a lot of people in the company. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Make some noise, guys. So, in, in your opinion, those who make it at the level that you made it, I mean, the level that you make it, there's seven billion people in the world that you're number one. So it's not like you're one in a hundred, you're one in a thousand. It's one in seven billion when you made it as a boxer at that level. Do you notice a common trend, like right now, I think it was Mackey put up a quote from Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan said, my biggest strength was, I'm coachable. I'm a sponge. I want to learn. I want to get better. Do you notice the level at the highest level is similar to somebody challenges, pushes to see that that person wants it or not? I guess um, it's cool that people are seekers. I think that's very interesting that we're seekers. But we have to believe that we're divine and that we learn from our experience. Because um, confidence breeds success and success breeds confidence. They go hand in hand. You can't accomplish anything unless you say, oh, I'm a prick. I could never do that. I'm not born to do that. Only certain people, only white people could do that. I can't do that. There's nothing I can't do. You know, you may just be canceled after what you just said right now. Oh, man. You can't say something like that. You just I'm said white sorry. people can only do it because you and I, I'm Iranian, you're black. We can't say things but like that. But I don't that. care. I don't, well, I don't care if I don't care. I got my own plan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he get me. I don't care if he don't let me on his plane or his boat. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so go, going back to Cuss. Going back to Cuss. So. Cuss had also done it on the past before, right? Like, Cuss knew how to develop people, right? He, he had a reputation for developing people. Absolutely. Did you ever see anybody that he worked with that they just couldn't take it and they quit working with Cuss? Like, some people just emotionally couldn't handle that kind of pressure. No, Cuss knows when to put the gas on and when to put the brakes on. You know, that's what a teacher does. He's a teacher. We all, we all teach everyone. Yep. All of us teach everyone. We're all teachers and students. This world is one big school, and we're the students of this world. So he, he knew timing and he knew uh, when, when to motivate and when not to motivate. Absolutely. Okay. He, is, he knows the mind is always hungry. And the mind wants to do good, but we get so many negative thoughts in our mind, it's almost overwhelming to be positive. So Mike, you have to know this is so important because you're like an encyclopedia in this area because you work with the best and you became the best. So I'm trying to extract as much information from you as possible in this. So 
Would you say for him, when you were cocky, he humbled you. When you were down, he built you up. Would you say it was like a timing thing with him? No, it was no game. You, you know, um, there's so much power in humbleness. You know, when I'm, when I'm promoting the fight, I say outrageous things and stuff. But I know the power of humbleness now. How did you learn that? I have to lose everything. Mm, got it. Got it. Well, now you got, you got a lot of it back, by the way. You got some, I mean, you, know, you don't want people to know you no, got money. It means because... nothing. Once you, listen, if you think a lot of money is going to make you happy, you never had a lot of money before. So what do you value now? What's at the top for you to value? Me, my children, my whole barometer of life. Yeah, that's the money I'm not. Listen, listen, I've been down and up, down and up, yeah. broken up. And why am I still here talking to these guys? Why are you guys paying me to talk to y'all? Why did we do it, guys? I've been why? in prison a bunch of times. I done, I done kicked some people's ass on television and called people white nigger, hunky. And listen, um, and the reason I'm still here is because I understand what humbleness is. You know, I understand humbleness. And um, I think sometimes God doesn't like me because he knows I can't handle this shit. No, I'm, I'm serious. He knows I can't handle this shit. Now I got a label on me. I'm the best fighter. I, gotta, I, have, to, I, I'm, um, I have to conduct myself in a certain way. This is what my wife tells me now. She tells you that you have to conduct yourself in a certain way. What do you think about that? You, like, know, you no have to more be diplomatic. The club. You can't go to the clubs no more. You, oh, you, just want, you know, they want to control your life. They want to control your life. How do you handle that? Like, you can't go to the club. I mean, that's just too many restrictions. I don't like, go to the club. You don't go to the club. <laughs> Is it weighing it out, saying clubs, wife, what's no, more no, important? No, it's just, I, I can go to the club. I just don't want to come back and see you after I went to the club. <laughs> you, know how, you know when they look at you and, it's, and you, you want to say, what the what did I do? I just went out. And listen. <clears throat> now, listen, my wife don't think I know. She put, she put a tracker on my new, she got me a new truck and have a tracker on it. Right hand on law, my right hand. My wife do you know that or you don't know that? Oh, I know now. <laughs> <laughs> Why did she do that? Put a tracker on the car. So what do you do? Are you strategic? You go park it somewhere, call an Uber, and go to no, what, the I, pub, or? No, I only drive it when she's in it. <laughs> uh, Let's go back to it. So Mike, you're coming up. Cus is working with you. He trains you. And then all of a sudden, you start fighting. At what point did you know that you could be the heavyweight champion? Like, hey, you got a fight. You got two fights. You got three fights. I'm 14. 14 years old, yeah. you knew you were gonna- You have to be the champion before you become the champion, so that means lifestyle. You have to be him before you become him. You gotta be him before you become him. Unpack that. Um, you have to live his lifestyle. The lifestyle of a champion. Of the champion, you look at the champion. That's how it starts, you look at somebody, I wanna be like him. You don't say, hey, I'm a bad motherfucker. I want to fight everybody out here. Nobody's going to kick my ass. You see somebody and say, hey, I might want to do that. So inspiration, the source of Absolutely. inspiration. Absolutely. So, so is that what got you to be uh, willing to be disciplined to get what you want, like to become a champion? At 14 years old, I'm willing to Absolutely. do everything it takes to be a champion? Absolutely. And then I had Cuss over there telling me, why, why should he have it? That's one thing I never had in my life, because I always got picked on and 
I never had jealousy or enviness about anything. And Cuss possessed that, you know, and he was telling me, why should he have all that money and you don't? Why is he, why, 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 why do you believe that he's better than you? Why do you think he should have all that money and you don't? And he was really serious about it. And that's with the competition shit. That's it right there, breathing that stuff right in me. Why, why should he have it and he's not better than you? How did you handle that when he told you that, 14? Would it piss you off? Were you like, I'm going to go train to whoop his ass? I'm no, going to get there no. one day? What was, a, what was your response to it? He said one day, oh, God, I can't tell you. This guy knew how to really get in my head. He said, man, you're fighting good, but I wish you were bigger. He said, I wish you were like Kenny Norton, uh, another, guy. another guy, Mike, Mike Weaver, because they had big bodies and they could intimidate somebody. And that hurt my feelings. I said, I'll make sure the whole world will be afraid of me. He, he laughed, but that's what I said. So he knew how to poke you. Oh, yeah. Did it piss you off? Or you like, I'm going to prove you wrong type of a thing? I better, not, you know, I better not act like I'm upset and mad at him. Yes, sir. I'll do better. Why? If you did, what would happen? He just, you know, you just don't talk to me. You know what I'm telling you. You don't talk to me. Like, that's your teacher. Are you worried that he may take time and spend time with somebody else instead of you? Or is it just kind of like, I respect no, the teacher. I want to listen to him. I want, I want him to be satisfied with my work. I want him to say, you look beautiful today. Like he said, when, I, when, he first said, when he first said it to me and I thought he was a weirdo, I want him to say it again. <laughs> I want him to say, now I don't know he's a weirdo. Now I know he's not a weirdo. I want him to say he loves me again. <clears throat> How much of what he did to you do you do to your kids and others? Listen, I wouldn't dare do to my kids what he did to me. Are Why is crazy? that? Why? Um, because... Um, you, some, some guy, listen, it's, listen, this is the real deal. If I don't do well in boxing, I go to prison or I die. If my kids don't do well, they go back to a big house and all their rich friends come over and they play, eat stuff and get that. Come on, it's not the same thing. How do you create that pressure for them? How do you create that? Can you actually create that kind of intensity and pressure or no? Well, I tell them I'm sending them to um, military school if you got to pick a sport. <laughs> <laughs> So you're going to send them to military school to Never. toughen them up? These kids don't want to get tough enough. They might have a heart attack nowadays. How do you do that, though? How do you actually do that? Is it, is it even possible in your mind to pass down that toughness to someone else? Well, listen, you can always be tough, but even though I don't care how much money you got, some guy money got, how successful you are, and you may not like him and he did wrong thing, you're never better than your father. Why is that? It's just, just the way God made it. Just the way, man. I don't care how much money I have, how much my father would kick my ass. My father would kill me. We're not our fathers. <laughs> We're not. Go a little deeper with that. That's a pretty deep comment. No, it's like. just that my father's a real serious guy. I don't I would never want to have a altercation with him. This is who's your father? This oh. is you're talking about cuss? No, this my, is? my um, biological okay, father. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Wow. So to you even, so, when, even as champion of the world. I have people on my body, he's got a crew. I'm still a little airy of him. He was just that kind of guy. He's killed people, he's done bad stuff. He was just that kind of guy. So your dad was feared by others. He was an interesting guy. He's a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> he's a preacher, okay? He's a preacher now? Yeah. No, he, he's always been in the church. He's born in the church, raised in the church. Preacher, deacon, preacher. Yeah, listen, mean motherfucker. I mean, I bet 100% of people got baptized. I swear to God, if you don't get baptized, <laughs> oh. I'm going to take you out afterwards. Was it like that? or? Oh, no, listen, they don't play. My family, <laughs> the religious, the Christian side, they don't fuck around. <laughs> they all articulate. They go, they go to Ivy. They're very intelligent, but yes, 
They're physical. <laughs> what's, what's your style of parenting your kids now? What's your style of parenting them? Responsibility. Is it, is it just, okay, so give me some of the values. Responsibility. Um, listen, sometimes um, you're not going to go on the plane that you're by yourself. They said, are we going to go back on the plane where we're, it's just only us? No, because you didn't do really good today. <laughs> That's just how it is. You know, sometimes you got to, and it always never fails when you take something away from somebody that once they possessed it and fell in love with it and take it away. I like doing that too. You know, once you take something away, people, um, hey, they get on their P's and Q's quick, yeah. right? Yeah. They do the crying, see the crying's not going to work, and then, I love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> to to, to uh, be able to do that, though, also takes a little bit of uh, knowing that you got to challenge this person to improve their character long term. Hey, listen, right? I have a nine, no, no, I have a 24 year old son, right? Yeah. And every now and then I see him, he tries to wrestle with me. He's bigger than me, but he wrestles with me. And I tell him, like, get your fucking hands off me. <laughs> uh, I know what's in his mind. I know what's in his mind. I don't let him play with me like that. Are you joking with him? Or no, you're I'm dead, dead serious. Oh, you're dead serious. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if, if, if somebody was your son telling you, get your hands off me, they got to they gotta listen to you. Well, listen. You listen, some of these, this is, listen, for some reason, when a young kid feels that his mother, they're not together, and he feel, even if they're together, he feels that his mother, they, they, they challenge you for their mother love any kind of way. If you're sleeping with them, they want to get in the middle as their baby. The next thing you know, you have an argument, they want to defend her and challenge you. It's all about that connection with them. They feel they have to protect their mother. And that's what, you can't be mad at that, so... You gotta go, you gotta, you gotta pick your battles, that's all. That's what I'm saying. So, I, learned, I learned to do that, I never knew how to do that. I learned so how to bend. What I've learned so far is rule number one, avoid the clubs, that's number one, right? Well, avoid nightclubs. I don't think that's her rule. That's her rule, that's not your rule. <laughs> Responsibility, oh, take my things house? away when you give it to them. Well, I was just saying, my, my relationship, my house, I can't do anything. You? Yeah, <laughs> as far as, you know, nightlife. So, so boxing, you're coming up. You're coming up yeah. at 14, you know you're gonna be a champion. During that time, whatever's Cus telling you, you're doing it, you're not questioning yeah. you, you're fully coachable to him, you're committed to him, you believe he can help you become a champion. Yeah. But, what is your training? But, but during that process, yeah. I'm losing too. I'm getting beat, I'm getting knocked out. I'm never getting discouraged though. What does he tell you after you lose? Does he talk uh, to you? What does he tell you after you lost? Like, well, you know, normally, when I lose, I look so spectacular. He said, they told me that you're moving. Cause I'm, I have five or six fights. I'm fighting guys with 100 fights or 60 fights, and I'm knocking them out. And they're grown men, and I'm just 14 years old. So Cus, this guy beat me, right, by decision. He's 25 years old, and Cus came to me like, um, I'm some little baby. I'm like, hey, I heard he was too small for him, but you beat him to this. I was like, I'm, only, I'm in ninth grade, Cus. <laughs> That's my whole life. I was in ninth grade, and he's discussing and the dissertation of what you did this, and I dictated this, and it was just all in his head. But by the way, the, the technical aspect of boxing, did you get that from him, or were you, because when you talk boxing, like I know you're a big Durant fan, no. you're very much of a technical guy when it once comes I, to boxing. Listen, once I'm involved in something, I want to know the beginning of it. I want to know where it came from, how it was started, who's the first guy that invented it. That's just how my mind works. Yeah, I've seen you, I've seen you train a couple of the guys you would talk about footwork, you would talk about how to punch them here, how quickly you go below to go there. And you sound like a mathematician when you're talking about the art of boxing. Yeah, I'm, I was born for it. Yeah. 
You were born for it. You were born to fight. Nine, nine years old, you're bullying 20 year olds. I mean, that's pretty impressive right there. I was, yeah, I was a very impressive young man. Everybody, I was this size at 12 years old. Everybody thought I was going to be tall. Wait, you were this size? I was at this size, 200 pounds at 12 years old. I was, listen, I was fighting the kids, I was, fight, I was fighting their fathers. No, I'm serious, I was fighting their father. I was fighting their fathers. What do you mean you were fighting their fathers? Like I, mean, I might have passed somebody and I hit them too hard. He went crying, went home and got his father. And then you would beat their father. Listen, my right hand of God. I'm just telling the truth. There's people out here that have been in that world. They know what time it is. They know there's people out there that are animals. They're little babies. Because their family were that way. They have, I had violent family. My family was violent. And I'm violent. Is it still in you or it's left you? Hey, when I need it, it comes back. When you needed to come. <laughs> How many guys watched the Roy Jones fight? Anybody watch a Roy Jones fight? Yes or no? By the way, you look really good in that fight. With yeah, I was just happy to be, into, to be able to entertain people. and I gave a lot to charity. Yeah, but, but Mike, with all seriousness, like you look like you, you could hang with a lot of the younger guys right now that are boxing. You didn't look like you were struggling in there. I don't know, but I like to push myself. So this time I try Lennox Lewis. You want to go? It's Lennox Lewis this time. And then if this go well, I'm gonna push myself deeper. Who? I don't know. Maybe Tyson Fury. He told me if I keep winning, if I do good, he'll bar me in Tyson Fury. Yeah, that's my buddy. No, I know you guys are buddies. I've seen he's, he's he's been on your podcast. You guys have done stuff together. But you'd fight Tyson Fury. Hey, I'll fight a lion if the price is right. Would you literally fight a lion if, if the price is right? Yeah. You'd get in a ring with a lion. Absolutely. Cage match with a lion. I'm just, hey, listen, I just can't help it. I'm a glory freak. I think, yeah. <laughs> you would fight a lion. Anything. You know, I raise lions. No, of course we know that. We watch Hangover, yeah, the documentary. No, I, no real, real actuality, I had um, five lions around 11 tigers before. You had a white one. Was, it, was there couple a couple of white ones? A couple of white ones, yeah. It's, what is it with you with lions, tigers, and pigeons? Listen. <laughs> so listen, I'm in prison. I'm talking to my mechanic. And so my mechanic has some of my cars. He's holding my cars, and he's mad at one of my friends. So he said, Devontae don't give me my money back. I'm going to trade some of his cars in for some animals, like some horses. I said, what do you mean? You can trade some? You got some animals? He said, yeah, this guy, they had tigers and lions. I said, what you mean, cubs? He said, yeah, white tigers and white lions, too. And so I'm in prison. By the time I get home from prison, I got two lion cubs, two white um, tiger cubs on my lawn. How was that? Like, how big did they get with you? Well, they, they got to be 400 pounds. I mean, I've seen you walk around when no, you were young. I, I sleep with them. You sleep with lions? Yeah, tigers. Tigers. Yeah, you tigers. prefer tigers over lions? No, I prefer lions over tigers. <laughs> I prefer lions <laughs> over, lions tigers. over tigers. So they sleep in your bed? Yeah. Only one at a time with two of them that fight. That kind of sounds strange, what you just said right there. You're in Vegas. When you yeah. say things like that, it's... Yeah, no, because I was on a... On one day, I was on one of my... Um, who was the lady? What's the lady? But anyway, I was being interviewed. I said, I want to breed her and have babies with her. But they, they looked like I wanted to breed her the way I said, well, I want to breed her and have babies with her. They said, Mike, what do you mean you want to breed her? 
I, I'm not good with words. <laughs> I'm not good with words. Sleeping next to a tiger. When they roll over, did they ever roll over you 400 pounds? Or what, what was it like? I mean, are they like putting their arms around you? Or are they be purring in they the morning? They control themselves. They control their weight. They know their balance. They're very agile. They know what a tiger could do? A tiger can run full speed ahead and run up the wall and come back down on the seats. And come back on the seats. And you want to sleep with them? No, huh? And you want to sleep with them in the same bed? I'm the one that brought him out of his mother. Yeah, I want to sleep with Got it. And the relationship with the pigeons, I'm curious about the pigeon story. That's just something I've been doing all my life. You're in town. I can't explain that. Is that a New York thing? Is that a mob thing? Did you get close to the mob? Because mob always had pigeons. Like, were you connected to the gangsters a little bit? Listen, that's interesting. Most gangs, that's a gangster thing. Because when I went to Moscow and I was actually, you know, the biggest pigeon fancier, and it was all the mob guys. These guys had. The pigeon coops are the biggest this, like houses. And they had acres, the, the, the property as far as your eyes can see. I'm saying these are not normal people. <laughs> yes, 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 wasn't. So yeah, you're right, they do a lot of yeah, Lots of pigeons. Have pigeons. Yeah, I don't know what, maybe it's a messenger. I don't, it's like, oh, maybe it's back in the days, it was yeah, their way of sending emails. Christ. Most, um, um, well, the, um, who's the guy, it was Noah, Noah with the ark. He had pigeons too. Two of them. Yeah, remember he let them out and he got the, the see, yeah, he had pigeons too. It's pigeons too. You're 14 to 21. Yeah. Cuss is training you. No, what, 14 to 19. Cuss four, passes away. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. 14 to 19. What's the training looking like? How hard are you training during that time? I'm doing everything. And first day in the morning, three in the morning, you do your uh, four miles, come back in. Three in the morning? Yeah. Do your four miles, come back in, do your body exercise and all that stuff. Get in the hot tub, go to bed. I might watch some fight films. I watch a lot of fight films. That's why I'm very um, acute with most of the fight. Oh, yeah. So um, after that, I go downstairs, eat breakfast, go to the school, come back from school, eat my food, um, dinner, go back to the gym at 6 o'clock, train, come back at 8 o'clock, um, watch fights, start all over again. I, I do a lot of chance. I do a lot, my, most of my gym work, and I watch movies. That's the most part of my life. Which, which fight was it where you were most excited about when you won? It, is it the one where you became the heavyweight? Like, if you go back and say, my favorite fight when I won was this one, what was it? Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes. Yes. Is that because what uh, Ali whispered to you when... Uh, because he beat Ali up real bad. And I was on the phone, Cus knew Ali, so I talked to Ali the day after the fight he fought Holmes. And Cus, I have this young black kid, he's going to be champ, I want you to talk to him. And I'm crying, I'm on the phone, he said, I'm going to be back and I'm going to fight Holmes again, I'm going to knock him out. And I'm crying, when I get big, I'm going to get him for you. And he must say, kid, you know who I am, the greatest of all time, this, that, and this, that, and that. But that's what I based my life. That's my job was to get Larry Holmes. For Ali? Yeah, that's my whole purpose in life. Wow. Was it was there a rage like when you fought against Holmes? Was it like, I'm yeah, going to destroy yeah, you? Yeah, that was really, I, I knew I had to. Yeah, because you seemed angry in that fight. Yeah, I had to, though. He was a great fighter. I'm a great admirer of Larry Holmes, too. He's a magnificent fighter. But it was just that thing. When I saw that, he beat the shit out of Ali. Wasn't he his training guy? He used to, yeah, he train to spar with, with Ali. Yeah. yeah, they used to spar together. So he kind of knew what... Uh, uh, Ali was old. He was taking drugs that made him lethargic. Yeah. Um, he should have never did it. But I guess by him doing that, it would have never been me. Unbelievable. The inspiration. What, how old were you? So you're, you're, you're 12 years old, you see Ali. 
From 12 at 14, you know you're going to be heavyweight. At 14, I talked to Ali. That's what I was going to ask you. So yeah. Ali, he called you because of no. One, well, they're friends. They knew each other for years. And one of the people that was with Cuz called Ali to talk to Cuz. He wanted to talk to Cuz about something. And um, first thing I heard, Cuz, why you let that bum beat you like that? Oh, I started crying. When you became the heavyweight champion? Yeah. First phone call afterwards, who'd you talk to? Um, you remember? like Camille Wall. Cuz is... Um, I don't know what he say. He's, in love, he's living in love with his wife. First person. First person you talked to after you won. Yeah. What was it like when Cus passed away? Like, how did you handle when it first happened? When you Not got there. Not good. Not good. Did the focus go away? Did the no it intensified? Oh, really? Yeah. When you think so? I would think so, but how did you manage that rage at that point? Like when you're going to that point now, how do you manage that rage? Because I don't know. My whole objective is your total surrender, your total domination. I'm gonna destroy you. That's the mind. That's why Rogan said when he watched you, you were intimidating. You, you know, your rage is a very unique rage, uh, Mike. Well, that's their fault to be intimidated. That's their fault to be intimidated. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what an answer to get. Oh my God. That's their fault to be intimidated. How are you gonna let somebody scare you for something you worked for? Wow. You have to give it to them without a struggle. Wow. Without a struggle, you have wow. to give it to them. Mike, your wisdom's on a whole different level, man. You say some stuff that you, you're like, you know, you're saying like speaking, you say some it's stuff. It's very simple, it's just, it's, um, what, do they, what do they sell? It's elementary, isn't it? I don't know about that. You've lived everybody the life here, of a everybody, lot of people. Everybody here's gonna fight for what they love for. Yeah. Even they never had a fifth fight in their mm. life, they're gonna fight. Mike, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm thinking, hey, I wanna, in a different industry, okay? I wanna be the best of the best of the best. Like, you became a heavyweight champion, youngest ever. If I wanna be the best in my sport, say this business, what tips would you give me? I wanna, business, yeah. I wanna be the best in our business, this business. This is insurance, they're insurance, building their businesses. Right. But just the mindset of wanting to be the best. What is the mindset you can transfer to somebody being the all best? Right, this find out the first guy that really, really succeeded on this shit, probably 1900 or something like that. Even if he was a crook. Let's go from there and go from all the way there and read all the way till you get to you. Okay? So one study history. Yeah, study, study it till it gets to you. And then you realize those people were just you in funny clothes. Okay, so one, fantastic. I gotta go study history. Everybody that came before me, what else do I do? Then you watch, you, you, you read everything they did, now you practice it. Now let's see what this shit really works. At, 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 can, you, can you teach desire or the desire has to come from somebody? You can inspire desire, but can you teach it? I don't know. I never had to try to teach anybody that. Nobody had to teach you the fire because you had it. It was, it was within you. Well, no, it wasn't definitely within me. You know, somebody had to bring it out and show that I deserved to have what I, I had to learn self-love. You know, no, I don't care how great you are, how much you succeed. Without self-love, you're nothing. Because self-love is discipline. And discipline is doing what you hate to do, but do it like you love it. You know, why? Isn't it? No, I agree with you, Mike. I, I, I totally agree with you. 
you've recreated yourself many times. You've reinvented yourself many times. What's the byproduct? I, never, of that? I know who you believe that. You hear it so much, you really believe that. I you don't think you reinvented yourself. You don't think you've reinvented yourself. No, I think all the people that wanted me to be down is dead now. All the people that wanted you to be you know, executive, certain people, yeah. um, tax people. This lady kept calling me, Mike. You don't got anything to give us. It's the tax lady. You wouldn't let me. Um, wouldn't let me cut my back, and then they died, and they thing, no, I didn't have to pay taxes anymore. So this lady was just busting my balls. I'm serious. Because eventually, right, in taxes, you don't pay a certain amount of time, like yeah. 10 years, so I don't pay. You don't have no money? Okay, my will cut this off. Can you pay us now? I said, not yet. So when it's down to, like, what, three million, two million, I might be able to pay you now. <laughs> you know, if anybody had tax problems, you know, they take it off, you know, they take a little off here. Yeah. here. You just got to be patient. Oh, you know, it came from 60 to, like, three. Oh, you just... You just <laughs> Half the room's not gonna, not gonna pay taxes for three years. They're gonna be like, I'm gonna wait. I was, I was surprised they didn't take my house or take, I was, I was waiting for them to take stuff and they didn't take any, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you, a lot of people have come in when they see somebody winning, you know, uh, uh, Charles Osnavour, I don't know if you know him, he's an Armenian singer, I saw him perform at, 19, at 90 years old. He said, when I was making money and coming up, he says, I was married five times and I saw a lot of people that acted like they wanted the best for me, but it was very hard to realize at the end of the day, there was really only five people I can trust the most because everybody wanted to kind of take stuff from me. How do you differentiate the difference you know, between flattery and compliment? Mike, you're so amazing. Mike's are this. What's flattery? What's a compliment? You, you have to know who you are first. Okay. Now first, if you know who you are, it's, it depends if you want to be flattered. You know, it's up to you. Then. You know, everybody knows, you know who you are. I know who I am. People say the grades all the time, you this, you that. Whatever they say, I, I know who I am, you know? And I don't, I, that's who I am. I don't, I flatter a lot of people. Yeah, I can't say that. Yeah, I do flatter a lot of people. You flatter a lot of people. Yeah. Do you There's listen? So, so many great people, you have to. Sure, sure. But flattery, you know, compliment flattery. And I guess the angle I'm taking with this is, what, what did you look at people to let them into you? Meaning, you know, I like this guy, I trust him, I'm gonna let him in. What was your formula to let people in? Because the bigger you get, you can't let too many people in, right? So how do you process who you let in? Who do you keep out? Right. By knowing who to keep out. I don't know who do you keep out. I'm asking you. I, I'm a strong believer that everybody you fight is not your enemy, and everybody that helps you is your friend, you know? Not everybody you fight is your enemy, and everybody that, that helps, helps you is your friend. Your friend. Not everybody who helps you is your friend. Yes. Mike, your wisdom's on a different level. No, because you, you, know, you, you put it out there. Your wisdom's at a level. You, right. you gave me the, the, the question. The question, the, the depth is the question. Yeah. The answer just goes with the question. Doesn't hold any more weight. It just goes with the depthness of the question. At this point, where you are, okay, where, 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 what you're doing, Fighting, are you still enjoying watching fights? Are you still enjoying watching boxing, UFC? Absolutely. Or you do? Who do you like watching? I like watching all the fights. I like watching Tang. I like Tyson Fury. I like Heaney, um, and Devin Heaney. I like um, this young guy, um, Steven Shakur. There's a bunch of little fighters. They need to start fighting each other now. Is there a favorite weight class you like to watch at this point, or it doesn't matter for you? You just oh, like to see matter. good it's fights. Exciting fights. Got it. In UFC, who do you like? You like watching uh, Conor or you like watching? I like, well, Conor's number one, yeah, I like them all. They're, Conor's I'm number a, one I'm for a big you. fan, yeah. You think he's gonna make a big comeback? We normally when you get an injury like that, it's tough. Those are tough injuries overcome. 
They continue to come back because you continue doing the same thing, kicking. You have to kick to win. If you, if you don't, you have the fear of possibly breaking it again. I, I, it's over. He made a lot of money. If it's just, if it's money, he gets to do some other stuff, some announcing and do some other stuff. He, he's really advantageous to just be who he is. He's going to always have something cool to do. He's always going to have something cool to do. Yeah. I saw him the other post a picture of a nice Lambo yacht he bought. I don't know if you saw that or not. Well, I don't know. Um, if that means he's rich, that means to show that he's spending a lot of money. He's spending a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice for someone who's starting, because some of our guys are starting to make a lot of money, millions of dollars, but you know, they got kids, they got families. What advice would you give to somebody that starts making a lot of money? Money they've never made before. There's always some trust funds and trust fund organization. <clears throat> from what I learned from all of the robber barons, say the turn of the century, 150 years ago, Rockefeller, Rothschild, and before then, like in 1850, there might have been 500 of the families, 1900 may have been 2,000, or whatever um, percentage families, but now you see that the names, they're still out there, but the names are 5%. You don't see too many mm. of those old guys, you may say Rockefeller, Rothschild, but you don't see them, now it's all about um, some Silicon City money. But you notice only certain, what I was trying to say that um, it's an art in taking care of money. Because only a few of those guys that uh, were robbing barons back in the 1890s and stuff like that, only a, hand, a handful still survive now. So normally this third or second generation, all that billionaire, millionaire money goes away. Second, third generation, the billionaire money goes because away. Because these guys don't work hard for it. They don't understand oh. the value. Guys, did you hear what he just said? Oh my. God. You know, nowadays kids know the value of everything, but they don't know the, they know the price of everything, but they don't know the value of anything. You got to save money, not spend money. I used to be a guy to spend money all the time. And then I, then I said, oh, shit. When I didn't have it, I wanted it. Now I have it. I don't want this shit. And that's what sometimes people have to deal with. They have to deal with survivors, remorse, and all that stuff. Everybody I know just got shot, died of ODs, and I made it. I'm big time. I can get anybody I want. I can do anything I want. Who the fuck do I think I am? You know? So it comes back to really um, submitting to God, uh, to the energy, the universe. Wow. Definitely. That was powerful. Mike. Top five, in your opinion. I saw your interview, I've seen your interview with Arsenio Hall when, uh, I think it's, is it Sugar Ray and Ali? When yeah. I, it's so beautiful, that interview. The way, what he says about you, what you say about him, you can tell there was a very strong affinity between uh, both of you. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Muhammad Ali talking about the fact that this is the man he doesn't want to fight, and then him saying, I wouldn't be who I am without you. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. Top five greatest boxer of all time, in your opinion. Ali, 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 Ali. <laughs> That's it, Ali, <laughs> at the top. Awesome. Well, Mike, uh, I know many of us were looking forward to you coming out as a guest. How many guys enjoyed this sit-down with uh, Tyson? Mike, appreciate you so much for coming out. Thank you again for willing to do this, brother. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. No, thank you, brother. This was great. Thank you. This has to be by far one of my favorite interviews I've ever done in my life. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, give it a thumbs up. And I have two other interviews that I think you'll like. One of them was with Teddy Atlas, his former trainer. If you've never seen it, click over here. And the other one is with Buster Douglas, the controversial victory over Mike Tyson, the first time he beat him. If you've not seen that, click over here as well. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.